0: Welcome to Stuck in Misery, the premier Midwest sports talk podcast. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by Sam Renschen and James West. And on today's show, we will discuss sports leagues plans to finally resume play fellas. Let's start out on a positive note. The end of July is going to be a plethora of sports for something that we've been starved for so long. But I want to also begin today's conversation with a text message, with a group of friends that we all mutually share who expressed their fear that football season will either get postponed or canceled. Sam, let's start with you. Where do you stand on this? And, and we'll get into it. Uh, okay. Well, I guess first
1: we can kind of talk about you know, the leagues that have started. So we had a, a month ago or so, we had Bundesliga in Germany start. They played games without fans. No fans were allowed. Only about 300 people total were in the stadium. They took precautions to kind of, you know, create safety precautions that allowed them to play. Now I think we'll get into this, but I think football is on a, a completely different scale when you talk about NFL. And also when you talk about college football, for one, I think college football is very much different in the fact that these players aren't getting, getting paid. So yeah, it's it's going to be that come down to the fact that you know are we going to is it okay for us for to have them assume the risk of getting it, even though they're not getting compensated for that their services, NFL on the other hand I think I think it's way more likely that NFL will happen than college football, primarily because it's just one of the biggest if not the biggest league in the world, so much revenue generated from it, everyone's talking about it nonstop year round. I think there's very much more of a chance for that to happen than college football. But what do you, what do you guys think?
2: Yeah. I mean, Sam, I'm going to agree with you straight up on that. I I think, I think everyone would agree that the NFL happening is much more likely than college. And I'll tell you this, I'm actually very doubtful. I sat it uh, along with our friends and agreed with them. The ones that said, uh, there's no way the, the NCAA NCAA football is happening this season. Granted, Mark, I know you countered and you said that right now, uh, universities are scheduled to be to come back. Correct? I think that was the argument that you made to one of our friends.
0: All SEC teams, all 14, have said that classes will resume this fall.
2: Yeah. And I'll say this. Uh, I have siblings that are still in school. I have family members who are professors at universities. And I can tell you this. I can tell you right now that universities are struggling and there is a drop in enrollment because of coronavirus. Right. Kids are not going to school. Kids are actually more likely to get into the most prestigious schools in our country, the Ivy Leagues, than ever before due to a drop in enrollment for the 2020 fall semester. Now, because of that, I think that universities are saying, yeah, fall classes are scheduled. Our teams are coming back because they don't want their enrollment to drop any further than it already has. Now, I think what we'll hear is probably beginning of August. I think we'll hear right before, right before the season starts or at the very end of July that the NCAA season will be postponed. It'll be postponed indefinitely until they can figure out a way in which to proceed with the season. And I think one of the biggest differences, and again, this is a, a point that one of our other friends brought up, one of the biggest differences between the NCAA and the NFL is that there are different conferences and there are different universities and there are so many different ones within, in the NCAA. And they all function under a different or different regulatory systems and i think it's much harder to control college students and whether or not they are taking the proper social distancing precautions to stay safe than it is in a professional setting
0: i think you guys bring up a lot of great points and allow me to counter here so james i think you bring up a great point with enrollment i really do and I think this is where football, you're at an entirely different level than virtually every other sport because follow the green. If your enrollment drops, James, that means you're not bringing in the same amount of revenue per student each semester. If college football doesn't happen, the TV revenue that schools generate and the revenue that schools generate from ticket sales, we don't know if fans will be there, but everything surrounding a home football game something we all experienced collectively at the university of Missouri. This is something with football is at a completely different scale than all the other sports. And you could put all the other sports combined. It doesn't add up to the same amount of people in the interest that there has in football. I also want to bring up a point too of college athletes want to compete. They want to be there. They're on campuses training right now in preparation for the season. If I'm, say, a freshman or sophomore and want to showcase my ability and my skill set to be able to potentially play at the NFL level, or this is my last year to prove that I can play at an NFL level, I'm not going to want to lose this season and have it be postponed. With the college students that are training right now, we saw this happen an outbreak at LSU, we saw it at Clemson, Kansas State. I just think, especially with football, There's too much at stake. There's too much financial incentive to let this season go by the wayside. I will say this, though. I think that there is a good chance that bowl season, the non-college football playoff games, do get canceled and eliminated. So a lot of those games that you would see after Thanksgiving, I do think you guys bring a great point with that. I will concede that I don't think bowl season will be quite the same as previous season's.
2: I think it'll also be really interesting to see the trickle-down effect that this has in high school athletics and how high schools are proceeding and how that impacts recruiting for this 2020-2021 class.
0: Now, let me ask you guys something because you brought up the fact that a lot of the students that are training right now, the LSU football players, again, Clemson, I know Kansas State, there have been a few others. I'm not saying I would want to get coronavirus, but the fact that they are being tested regularly regularly to perform their duties as a student-athlete, isn't it a good thing that they're being tested? Because otherwise, these same student-athletes would be in their homes in their respective states training in preparation for the season. And a lot of states, gyms are open. Where I'm at in Florida, the gyms are open. Granted, there are restrictions, it's limited capacity, but if I was a college football player not on campus right now, I would be training. There's chances that I'm exposing myself and I'm asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms of coronavirus and not even know it. I actually think you could make the argument that it's a good thing that they are on campus and being tested regularly to make sure that they're staying safe and to make sure that they're not spreading this virus to other people. Are you making that argument? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I would argue that being on a college campus right now is safer for a college I, uh, I don't athlete, argue against that.
1: I feel like you know a college campus will is where the coronavirus could run rampant when you're living in tight quarters. You're constantly going. You're going to class. You're going to you know the library. You're going to student center where there's you know hundreds of people in a tight knit community. I think that's one of the biggest obstacles that college football would have to figure out is how to keep the teams in a situation where if one person were to get it on the team, it doesn't wipe all, out the whole team. Otherwise, you know, that, that could, what, what if You can't one- guarantee
2: that though. You can't guarantee that. Exactly. There's no Which way for you, you to guarantee that. But,
0: okay, a- so even the coaches, the players who have gotten it, that are pro athletes, the college athletes you also have that to, have gotten but, but think about it. This, yes, they think have about to this. quarantine, but we haven't that? heard of we haven't heard of any of them dying. I mean, these athletes are in sure phenomenal they shape. Died,
2: but what, like, how old's oh, Nick Saban? Hours. What if what, what if a bunch of players in Alabama get sick? Nick Saban comes down with it, and because because he is older, he's he's at higher risk. You know what I mean? There's, you, we're thinking solely of the players here, but I don't, I don't think. But like, how? Wow. How the, sports, the support staff of these organizations as well.
0: But, okay, let me turn this back on you again, though. How are the European soccer leagues functioning, and how is the Korean baseball organization operating right now? And especially in Europe, where you're talking about that the infection rate per capita and the death rate per capita are two to three times higher than the United States, and those leagues are still operating. That I mean, no, Mark, one, I, Mark, no one Mark, has had this conversation. Mark. This is why we're having this podcast, because I hear all of these media pundits talk about all these different plans for the leagues and are the North American sports leagues going to be safe? The English Premier League seems to be operating just fine. Again, with restrictions, they're taking precautions, but they're still able to function. And again, the rates per capita are two or three times than they are in the United States.
2: All right, Mark, I'll say this right now with these leagues, you're comparing apples to oranges, right? We're talking about different leagues with different leadership in different countries under different governments and countries that have each been affected differently due to this pandemic. There are individual obstacles that each league faces, right? For example, I mean, the easiest thing that's different, starting a season under these conditions is, completely, is a completely different scenario than resuming play under these conditions, right? And you mentioned the Premier League. So let's use that as a situational example, because I think that these circumstances are completely circumstantial. So like I said, Premier League, Liverpool needs five points in eight games to secure the title. They're also a 20 point favorite over Man City, who's in second place. So they are the runaway favorites to to win the Premier League. They are going to win the Premier League. It's, It's not a question. Now, I think that this would be a completely different situation if the Premier League was really tight. It was a really tightly contested competition between Man City and Liverpool. I think that there would then be an argument on resuming play. But because Liverpool is so far ahead, and because they've been the best team all season, I think it's, it was unanimous before the break during, because of the pandemic, after the pandemic, and now that they're resuming play, that Liverpool is the best team this season, and that they are going to win the Premier League. It's unanimous, and I don't really think that you can, that you can argue that they're not going to win the title. But you have Leicester City, Chelsea, Man United, Wolverhampton, Sheffield United, right? They're all fighting for a spot in next season's Champions League. So even though they no longer have a shot at winning the Premier League, they still have skin in the game because there's impact that will come from them playing this season and next season. These teams want to resume play so that they can qualify for the Champions League next year. That means more money for the leagues. That means them having a shot at obtaining better players. And that means for these clubs too, like they still have skin in the game. Although it's not necessarily like, are we going to win the league this year? No, we're not. But we can qualify to get in the better tournaments for next year.
1: I get what you're saying, James. Here's the thing. So you're saying that they wouldn't resume if there wasn't other like things going on. There wasn't like skin in the game, as you say. I would say that there's always going to be skin in the game when it comes to premier league soccer. There's always something at stake, just sports, like
0: sports period
1: at, at take. I mean, there's promotion relegation. There's teams that are in the second division in English football that to the premier league, they quadruple their value of that league of their team. It's like, it's not just because of Liverpool is the best team in the league that they're automatically that they want to get, make sure they get the title and finish the league. It's, they want to finish the, there's only nine games left. They can finish exactly. it in months.
2: And to my point, it's hand over fist. Liverpool is going to win the Premier League this year, right? But there are a handful of other teams that can still qualify for the Champions League, which gives them incentive to come back and play this year.
0: As long as it's not an exhibition, there's always something to play for with sports. I'll give you guys a perfect example of what I'm talking about that everyone's going to understand that's not nitty gritty Premier League. It's flashback to a year ago around this time. There's not a single person in this conversation right now who would know who Joe Burrow is. He was now the number one pick in the NFL draft had maybe the greatest college football season of a quarterback ever. And will now lead the Bengals this next season after a dominant season at LSU. So if you're talking about the cancellation of football season and you're talking of, Oh, well, we don't want to assume the risk. I get it. That's a decision that you can make individually. But you're talking about a player like Joe Burrow who might not have the opportunity to showcase his ability.
2: How is that applicable to what I was saying?
0: There's always something to play for. Unless it's an exhibition or unless it is preseason, there is always something to play for.
1: James, nice that you looked at those stats, but I will say the main difference between the NFL season and the Premier League is that the Premier League has nine games left. They can finish that in a month.
2: Exactly. That's what I'm saying.
1: It's circumstantial. NFL has to start and finish in three and four four months and get playoffs in. I think that is a lot harder to do than a Premier League where you know there would be so many different things that would happen if they didn't finish it. They can just finish it.
2: You're saying there's so much at stake and there's so much different between what it takes to finish an NFL season versus a Premier League season. That's exactly the point that I was making. I outlined for you why there were less difficulties in getting the premier league back one because they pretty much already have their champion two because there's other top teams that still want to play and qualify for the champions league next year and that the teams that were actually fighting their return to the premier league were the ones that were risking relegation and didn't want to play because they they were secured in the premier league for the next season they had the most to lose
0: let me bring in a little bit of optimism to all of this too. just today. Dr. Anthony Fauci said that they expect to develop a vaccine either by the end of this year or early 2021. Now, again, I know a lot of the vaccine discussion has been, well, it's going to be at least a year out. This is news as of today. So there's reason for optimism there. Also, coronavirus deaths nationwide were the lowest they've been since March 24th on Sunday. And so at some point, If we don't have a vaccine, there has to be a bottom in terms of when we develop herd immunity from this, because the point of social distancing and flattening the curve, look, you can't stop the spread of the virus. That is inevitable. The reason why we social distance, the reason why we flatten the curve was not to inundate the hospitals. That's what was important. So how does this relate back to sports? There's going to be reason for optimism, and just for me, especially with the blown opportunity that Major League Baseball had. And it, hey, at least Major League Baseball is going to be starting its spring training by that July 4th weekend. So credit to them for figuring that out. But at this point with the sports leagues, if you're able to operate in Europe and Korea and other parts of the world where the infection rates per capita are higher, there's no reason that this wasn't able to get done sooner in this country. And that's an important distinction. But that's also something that many media members have not brought up. They've just brought up raw numbers. And it's scary. And especially if you just see these raw numbers, and you see a lot of these charts and graphs, and you just look at it, and you see the number of cases grow exponentially. It's scary. But you have to think to yourself, what does this actually mean? And you've got to put it into better context. And that's what we're trying to do with this discussion here on Stuck in Misery. With all the sports leagues coming back next month, you're going to see fans' true colors in the sense that depending on who wins the title in the NBA, and the NHL, whoever wins the World Series, it's going to be, oh, well, it was a shortened season. That didn't really count. Or, oh, this, this was legitimate. We're going to rally behind this. I think the big overarching picture, though, is what James said, is that are we going to have an asterisk on titles depending on which teams win and which teams you support? I think it's going to happen regardless.
1: I think this can go one or two ways. Is it a good asterisk or is it a bad asterisk? I think let's, let's, let's lay out the pros and cons. So the ones for the, a bad asterisk is, you know, I'm thinking of hockey, I'm thinking of NBA in this situation, is that, especially hockey, is one of the most grueling cups to win. You're going through a long season, and then you have three months of playoffs. You're tired. You're exhausted. By the end of that, you know, these guys are literally beaten. You know, they're, it's one of the hardest ones to win. So I would say having that break would be nice and kind of have them regroup and whatnot. But people would argue, is it really earned if you have a break midseason? Granted, I think NHL is slightly different. Where they respected the, the integrity of the playoffs. And if you look at the proposed format, which we'll get into it at some point during the show, it seems like the schedule is the same. So, on the other hand, I would say it could be a good asterisk. You have to put, you have to pretty much complete your whole season on stop. And you have to go away from your teammates and come back and rebuild that chemistry, get in shape again and compete against teams that have nothing to lose. You're letting in teams that literally were not expected to make the playoffs, and they're coming in, and that's a dangerous thing when there's teams coming in there without anything to lose that have good players that could get hot when there's really no there's really no preseason no not much warm ups, so in one aspect this could be one of the hardest cups to win you know NBA could be one of the hardest championships to win, I think it's it's going to be very different, especially if you're in a bubble, and you're you're not able to really escape you're kind of literally only breathing your sport
2: yeah i would say that there's a flip side regardless of how you you look at it mine's a little bit different than sam's mine tends to be more on you look at the mlb you look at the nfl who are now starting seasons under these circumstances so all players all teams will be facing the same risk the same hardships, I guess. They'll be facing the same adversity throughout the entire season. They're playing under the same set of guidelines in the same situation. Now, I think where you might have people try to devalue your championship is like what Sam said in the NHL or in the NBA, where your season was stopped midseason, your momentum was stopped mid-season, the playoff was opened up to teams that wouldn't have necessarily made it otherwise. And so you start adding all these different factors that make the end of the season very different from the guidelines and the expectations that we started the season with. I would think that most people would agree with me on this, but regardless of what happens and regardless of who comes out as champion, they will be champion, right? They set the rules. This is an unprecedented circumstance and Five, ten years down the road, no one's going to be like, "Oh, the whoever's." There was a big asterisk by the name. They're just going to remember them as NBA champion, NHL champion during the coronavirus. At the end of the day, and they're not even going to remember <laughs> coronavirus. They're just going to be remembered <laughs> well, as the champion. a champion.
1: Guarantee I remember who won well, championships during the coronavirus. I Let think, me tell you this, Sam. I think if the, the Guru blues, fans. If the Blues
2: won the Cup in 2020. Would it mean anything less to you than what it did last year? Not at
1: all. It'd be great.
2: Exactly. exactly, and that's and that's in the end that's what it matters to. It doesn't <laughs> matter to anyone else except for the, the fans.
1: Game, then I would be like, eh, you know, doesn't count. You
2: know what I mean? Think about all the people who are like, oh, the Patriots <laughs> cheated. Do you think Patriots fans are like, oh, there's an asterisk by that one? They're like, no way, man, we're champs. That's all that matters in the end. You know what I mean? It's Reggie Bush? Did Reggie Bush win the Heisman, guys? It's the same argument. Yeah, Reggie Bush won the Heisman.
0: I'll say this: I think there are too many teams. There was no perfect way to do this for either league. 22 NBA teams. So then the 22 will be whittled down to a 16 playoff field. The NHL 24 teams are coming back and it's down to two host cities as well. I'll say this. If I was a player, Vegas would be my choice, but it's the same problem that the NBA has operating out of Orlando in the sense that the Disney theme parks are open yet. You're going to have to stay in this bubble the whole time. Like, Can you guys imagine, like, we just saw the Last Dance documentary last month, right? Like, if a player like Dennis Rodman were forced to be in this bubble, do you think there's any chance he would actually stay and operate within the confines of making sure that you're social distancing? I get that we're in an unprecedented time. It's going to be crazy that we're going to be seeing these NBA arenas and these NHL arenas, depending on where they're at. And certainly being indoors, I get it. But it's going to be a little perverse seeing an empty NBA arena, and then they're going to show the blimp shot of Orlando, and you're going to see Disney, all the theme parks with people there. Granted, they might be wearing masks and everything, but that's going to be quite a spectacle to see. It's going to be a little perverse. Sam, you said something I thought was really interesting too in terms of with this expanded playoff format for hockey with players who might be on lesser teams but now are given a chance. This almost happened in the NBA with the Brooklyn Nets and the Nets right now stand at a seven seed. And you thought that Kevin Durant, who's been hurt for a long time might come back from injury and Kyrie Irving. And then it's, Oh, wow. are the Nets an underdog seven seed with this top talent. Now that's not going to happen. They're not going to do that, but you, you could imagine that that could happen. A similar situation could happen in hockey with, some guys that might be able to rest up where whether they're dealing with injuries or if they're playing hurt, it's you're exactly right where there's not the same grind of the season where there's you know no stoppage in play between regular season and playoffs, whereas now we've had three months now to, if you're a player, you can recuperate, get right before the stretch run.
2: Sure, but that's every single team, right? It's not like one team has the ability to rest and recuperate for three months while another one doesn't. So arguably... Everyone who was a little bit dinged up has now had time to heal. One
0: thing I am concerned about, though, James, is if you're a top seed, you would have home court advantage in basketball, home ice advantage in hockey. I'm concerned a little bit about, yes, you'll be playing lower seeds as you advance in the playoffs, but you still don't have that same advantage that you would normally with the home court, especially if you're a team that really plays well at home, too. I think that's something that could factor into all of this as well. Coming back, I think the a
1: big advantage will be for those teams that already have a veteran locker room presence, you know, not like a lot of cohesion that, you know, may have made it a long run in the playoffs the year beforehand. Teams that there's a lot of familiarity there with rather than, you know, rather up and coming kind of dark horse teams. This is where it's going to really see you when they come back together. If the teams can pick up that cohesion again, right off the bat, or kind of take it a little bit to figure out.
2: I completely agree with you, Sam. I think veteran teams definitely have the advantage coming into this. More experience compounded with the ability to rest and recuperate puts them at a huge advantage.
0: Let's go to storylines. And let's start with Major League Baseball, just because that will be coming back first. Again, spring training is going to be starting before the July 4th weekend. Spring training getting started on July 1st. Looks like we're going to have a 60 game regular season and MLB opening weekend will be July 24th through the 26th with the 60 game regular season. One of the first things I thought of is each game is going to matter a whole lot more than it used to with the full 162 game regular season. We're going to see some different strategies. I think that some teams might go to four man rotations earlier on. I know this is something that the Tampa Bay Rays have done, which is extremely unconventional, but a lot of times in the stretch run teams will shorten their rotations and everything. And each individual game is going to matter so much more before getting into the postseason. but you're going to have a lot of aftermath of the MLB disputes. You've got some players on new teams, Mookie Betts on the Dodgers, Garrett Cole on the Yankees. You've got, are people still going to hate the Houston Astros and lastly, you have the potential for a universal DH, meaning the designated hitter won't just be in the American league. It will then move to the national league. James, I want to go to you first of all the things that I just outlined. What to you stands out the most?
2: Yeah, personally, I would love to see a universal DH in the MLB. Obviously this is coming from someone who's lived in New York for the past three and a half years in the American league and I watch a lot of Yankees baseball, and coming from the Midwest, where you know you have the Cubs and the Cardinals, the two teams that you, both you guys cheer for, the teams that all my friends supported, being in the National League, it was a nice change of pace watching American League baseball with that DH. I feel like it adds an extra element to the roster, and it allows your home run hitters, you know, the fan favorites, to get more play appearances. And I think it makes the game a lot more exciting than burning a bat on your pitcher. I have one more thing I want to add to that. Now, obviously it's going to be a shorter season, but in your normal MLB season, a DH plays an important role for the fans outside of the game because it allows a player, like in my case during for the Yankees, like Giancarlo Stanton or Aaron Judge to have a day off, but still get played appearances and still, and still let the fans see them when they show up for a game.
0: Sam, I'll turn it to you in just a second, but I'm just going to play devil's advocate for argument's sake. There's nothing more entertaining in sports than watching Bartolo Colon you hit took a home run. You <laughs> took one point. You took one point. That clip when he hit his
1: first career home. Run. <laughs> I mean, these people were going nuts in the stands, and he could barely run around the bases. It's really a oh, man! You expect nothing, but when you get it,
2: it almost makes it. <laughs>
0: <one>. <laughs> James, oh. if you're talking in terms of pure quality of play, I hear you. Pitchers hit 128 last year, struck out on 43.5% of their plate appearances. So I totally hear you if you want to talk from a technicality standpoint. Once in a while, once in a blue moon, you get a Bartolo I- Cologne home run. Once in a while, you get a. I said a great... my I
2: said my point, but I will not disagree with yours. I will not because you're because you guys are completely right. When you expect nothing and you get something, it's pure ecstasy. But on a day also, in and I- day out grind, you want to see the big dog at bat, and that's what you get when you add the DH to the lineup.
1: I think it says something about a player though who can play defense and hit home runs. And I think you know, I guess yeah, hitting's part of it, but that's only half of it. You might not make exactly. The
2: lineup, well, no, well, or... no, but Sam too. Like I said, and again, I'm, I'm using the Yankees as an example because that's who I watch a lot of. You have Giancarlo San and Aaron Judge on their days off, right? They aren't playing in the field. They aren't playing defense, but they can still be utilized on offense and they can still make played appearances. For the fans and for the spectacle of the game, that is a good thing, and you can't deny that. They play defense. They're both, they're both good outfielders.
0: I'll say this, too. If you were ever going to try it, now would be as good a time as any because I know this has been an ongoing debate with – major league baseball of oh do we bring the designated hitter to the nl try it now see if it works see how teams like it i get i get arguments from both sides but i'll tell you what we would be robbing fans a monumental moment if not for that bartolo cologne home run the guy i always loved watching hit growing up was carlos zambrano and he was a switch hitting pitcher when have you ever seen that before in all seriousness and he was a really good hitter too The Cubs sometimes, they did this with a guy named Travis Wood too. They would sometimes pinch hit these guys on their off days when they weren't pitching. Just once in a while, once in a blue moon, they would do it. Now, is it the smartest thing in the world if your ace pitcher pulls a hamstring trying to leg one out to first base? I don't know, but I'll tell you this much from a fan standpoint, seeing a pitcher who could rake, it was incredible to watch. And I still go back to that that Bartolo Colon clip will give us so much joy when we think about it like 10 years from now when we all have children and we tell, why are you a baseball fan? And these clips exist forever on the internet now too. And you can tell your kids about what it was like to see Bartolo Colon, seeing him knock one out of the park. It's one of the best things I've ever seen happen on a baseball field. Let's go to NBA. And to me, I had two big storylines for basketball returning. Number one, I think this is important in terms of everything that's going on with the pandemic and the aftermath of George Floyd's death and everything is will NBA players kneel in support of the protests going on? Now, I'm not sure if the national anthem is even going to be played when these games are being held in Orlando, but the NBA rulebook states that players, coaches, and trainers must stand and line up in a dignified posture along the foul lines during the national anthem this was a policy that the league adopted in 1981 now in 1996 the denver nuggets had a guard by the name of muhammad abdul raouf for a game in 1996 he sat during the national anthem and called the american flag quote a symbol of oppression of tyranny end quote and so the NBA dealt with a very similar situation that the NFL dealt with with Colin Kaepernick. The difference is, is that the NBA has had this policy in place for so long. I think something you have to ask yourself is, is with the new commissioner and Adam Silver, if all of the players decide to kneel, is there going to be a, a collective unity? From a standpoint of where we are in the world, it's something that I have my eye on before the start of the NBA season. James, go ahead and hop in here.
2: Yeah, so I think from when we look at, we look at last time and Derek Rose becoming the first player to wear I can't breathe shirt and warm-ups, other teams following suit shortly afterwards to the Clippers players turning their warm-up jerseys inside out in protest of the comments made by their former owner, mm-hmm. Donald Sterling. Mm-hmm. Again, having other teams follow suit. I can't say that the players will kneel during the anthem, but I'm quite certain teams and players will use the return to play as a platform to promote the Black Lives Matter movement. And I think that they will have full support from the NBA front office.
1: Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Adam Silver seems like a great guy. To, he backs up his players in the league. So I think he, he's fully behind the Black Lives Matter movement. And, I, you know, I'd be shocked if there weren't anything. I fully expect to see something in support of the Black Lives Matter movement.
0: Now, the second storyline that I had my eye on is before Rudy Gobert tested positive for coronavirus, the three heavy favorites to win the title were the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Bucks. And I'm curious if those three teams are going to be the dominant three again, and if you're just talking about quality of play to this point in the season, those were the three. They were in the top tier, and then there's everyone else. Is it going to be that same way in the new format? That's kind of what I have my question on. As the NBA tips off at the end of July, the season will restart on July 31st, and the NBA Finals will end no later than October 12th. One point I want to make about the NBA restarting as well, during this pandemic, they're going to have to compete against football, which is going to be tough for them in ratings. But for next season, if you then start the subsequent NBA season, you know, sometime around Christmas, New Year's, I think the NBA is going to transition its schedule to where they're ending, you know, say August, September, early September, to where potentially the NBA won't have to compete with football beyond this season. I think this is a move that the league has examined and thought about, and I think that this is a step that the league could take moving forward to do what's best for their brand and for their league. I mean, in my opinion,
1: you might as well just uh, to your point about the Lakers, Clippers, and who's the other team you had? You said the Bucks, the Milwaukee the Bucks. Bucks. Might as well just invite the top four teams <laughs> all the way.
0: <laughs> Maybe this year is going to be a little more competitive, but yeah. It'll be a bloodbath for that four seed, Sam. But I hear you.
2: <laughs> I hear you. I completely agree. I think the NBA should transition to not compete with football. I think it's a smart move on their part. That being said, with the new playoff format, I was really hoping for a 30-team March Madness-style playoff. I think that would have been one of the most epic sporting memories in our lifetimes. And I think it's an opportunity lost. But uh, once again, they don't pay me to. Why make that wouldn't the happen? Decision, so, so I'll I'll trust them that they made the right one.
1: Money, yeah, they make way more money at the current format now than it would
0: if they would.
2: Do I don't. That. I don't know though. I yeah. really don't. I mean, you it's, it's, the the
0: number, play, it's the, play, the play, number play, of play, broadcasts play. and the number of games, James. Sam, Sam's exactly right here. In terms of excitement, though, I mean, look, man. When March Madness got canceled, it is something – it's one of my favorite times of the year. St. Patrick's Day yeah. in the spring and yep. sports. Oh, man. And so as exciting as that would have been, James, Sam's exactly right. It's not really about, okay, the interest that it would generate – short-term, it's quantity of games that in a playoff format and a best-of-seven series, which Adam Silver repeatedly said he wanted to keep and maintain even in a restructured format. Man, it, James, I, I will not deny it. I, it it I just, would be I so wanna, exciting. I would be so exciting. make one
2: point on that. So I kind of anticipated, because that was my opinion, that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted a 30-game playoff and anticipation for that exact point would be 15 games because there's 30 teams i did a little bit of research and i found that in and again i'm I'm looking at 2018 numbers right because there was a dip in uh in viewership in 2019 and uh for the nba and uh there wasn't a march madness this year so look at 2018 numbers in 2018 the nba brought in revenue of 713 million dollars in ad revenue during the playoffs, right?
0: And it dropped the next year. Do you want to know why? It did. Because LeBron wasn't why? in it.
2: And that's why. And also to the Toronto was. So those are the two reasons why viewership dropped. All right, but to my point, March Madness pulled in one point three two billion dollars in ad revenue in twenty eighteen. Now in twenty eighteen the NFL who has a who has a single game playoff brought in nine hundred and twenty eight million dollars so i don't necessarily know if you can make the argument that the quantity of games matters obviously for you know you look at march madness and there's so many games but not all those games are in prime time right and even when you look at at a single game elimination playoff format with less games the the nfl still has higher higher revenue ad revenue for for their playoffs than the nba so I, I I just I don't know the validity in claiming that the amount of games matters as far as ad revenue that's the only point I want to make, and again too, these numbers were off of a Google search. they're not verified, <laughs> but it's the best I could find, and I tried to make it as even and consistent as possible. So bear with me on that
0: here here, so go to the NHL as well. Sam again, is our hockey expert in terms of the storyline when hockey resumes at the end of July, what do you have your eye on? Uh, I mean,
1: I think it's just going to be, it's going to be fun to have it back. Kind of talked about it already. It's just kind of something that we don't really know what to expect. got a lot of teams coming in with fresh legs. um, And one of the things that's the big storyline is the Blackhawks are in it and they have two of the best players in the league. So like I mentioned earlier, it kind of gives them fresh life. They weren't expecting it at all. So
0: And hockey is different from the other sports in that there's more variance. I mean, the blues last year, are a perfect example of going from worst at one point in the regular season to first. And so hockey is different than where, if you don't have a top dog in basketball, if you don't have one of the 10 best players in the league, you don't really stand a chance. Whereas with hockey, Sam, you're exactly right where an underdog can get hot or a goalie can get hot. And that can really propel a team into a deep playoff run. Bergen mentioned it earlier, you know,
1: I'm more like a, a soccer and, and uh, hockey guy, but nothing much more than soccer, in my opinion, other than playoff hockey. So it'll be good to have it back. And, you know, I'm looking forward to that. So.
0: As we begin to wrap up here, I just want to give a shout out to major league soccer. It's going to be the first North American sports league with teams that will return July 8th. And so, the first ever MLS is back tournament. Kudos for them for figuring it out. Kudos to NASCAR and golf and Dana White with UFC to be able to figure it out and provide us some sort of entertainment during this time. And part of the reason why we're so passionate about this is at the end of the day, I think that there is a consensus between the three of us. We want to see sports back. Absolutely. And we're in
1: for quite a fall if it goes like this. I mean, think about it. There's going to be so many games that
0: they need to fit in that we're going to have a great game or a good playoff game literally every day. I mean, you're going to have a fall Masters as well. It's going to be overwhelming to keep up with. And I know we're all big sports fans, but it's like, how much are we going to be able like, one thing I have coming from the TV background, I don't know how they're going to find all the channels for programming to put all this stuff on. It's going to be awesome. James, get in a final word, and then I'll sign off.
2: It's all sports fans.
0: <laughs> All right. If you'd like to become a presenting sponsor of Stuck in Misery, please send an email to stuckinmiserypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Again, that's stuckinmiserypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Stuck in Misery, where you get your podcasts. Guys, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now. You can also check us out on stuckinmisery.com. Fellas, this was fun. Do this again next week as well. For James West and Sam Wrench, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to Stuck in Misery. See you next time. Take care. It's so along, everyone.